Is it me first now? Yes. Okay. It's the Meg John and Justin podcast. Yay! Yay! How so? Uh, episode nine. Uh, I know. Uh, how are you feeling, MJ? I've been a bit poorly. Yeah. Yeah. I've been a bit ill the last few weeks, mm. but I have been watching all the rom coms, yeah. TV, and movies. So I have a lot to say about that. So that's what we thought we'd talk about. We're going to talk yeah. about love. Uh, oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be critical about love. Because <laughs> um, one of the things that we've been, uh, the last couple of podcasts, we've been uh, talking about questions that young people have been asking me about uh, yeah. at uh, Bish, but also uh, at, at school. Um, please send us your questions, dear listener. If you have any questions you would like us to... Gentle listener, send, gentle in, your, listener. send in your questions, please. <laughs> send us your questions. Um, so the past few weeks we've been, the like, past couple, we've been um, yeah, doing questions young people have been talking about. And uh, you may be surprised to learn, I don't know, but... Um, the most common questions that young people are asking me, and also I've been predominantly working with young men as well, the most common question they've been asking is related to love and relationships. I think a lot of people would be surprised by that because the media on young people is so predominantly about sex and it's all this panic about sexting and about porn use and all of this business. And actually, it turns out young people are much more concerned, seemingly, with love than they are with sex. Yeah. Mm. Uh, like the last school I was in so I get students um, to write questions down on little slips of paper uh, anonymously and I answer them and the last school I was in I would say 50% of the questions were all about love yeah yeah. and the rest were about you know lots of different kinds of things so it is the most predominant question the one thing that people um, want to ask about so they ask about um, am I in love or is it just good sex or what's the difference between love and lust uh, how common is it for people to be in love at my age how do I get over a breakup um, am I uh, one really great one which I found really hard to answer was um, what's the difference between being in love and loving someone mm-hmm. like yeah. so not only are young people grappling with the same questions that you know we're grappling with which is one of the bugbears that I have around like you know young people think this and us, other, us, us adults have got all this worked out yeah rubbish yeah but they're also grappling with these really these questions uh, they're really they're, they're grappling with really challenging questions and they're really yeah. thinking about this stuff just as much as we well, do they, well they are challenging because again as they're watching all of these sort of rom-com TV shows and movies mm. that this is the questions that are being posed there mm. as well constantly yeah yeah like what kind of stuff in, from um, your binge watching <laughs> from my binge watching um, there's a lot about you know who, am, I, am I in love or is it just love or you know can you love more than one person mm. and if you do do you have to choose and how are you going to choose and sort of passionate love versus more mm. companionate love comes up a lot so yeah, um, yeah I've been watching um, the spin-off from Grey's Anatomy which mm-hmm. is called Private Practice and uh, that there was a couple of characters who've had to choose between you know a kind of more companionship love and a more passionate love because there's there. that thing isn't there that uh, it's not really real yeah. unless it's passionate and fiery and 
like yeah. chemistry and well that's often the side it falls down on on, on the rom-coms mm. it's, it's just quite often fall down on the you should go for the passionate fiery although I think I've watched a couple where it's kind of challenging of that mm. that one with the the fella from The Sopranos was a bit kind of trying to yeah, challenge, challenge those kind of models of. I like, don't need to watch that. That's one. a good one, and I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> enough, enough said. I think it's called Enough Said. Okay. Yeah, that was a good one, um, but still, still that kind of romantic love was was a big thing in there. I mean, we were talking about one the other day that we've both seen. Yes. Uh, Obvious Child. Yeah. And um, and it's really it's really good. I mean, I really love the film. It's the it's. The sold as the rom com, which is the abortion rom com. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so an unusual topic for a rom com. Yeah, yeah, set in Brooklyn, and it's really good and it's really heartwarming. But it's got a real example of where of one of the, one of the things that I try to get young people to challenge, which is the idea that there is only one kind of love and that it trumps all the other kinds of love. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and so what happens in spoiler alert? If you've not seen Office Child and you don't want to know what happens, don't listen to this bit. Um, so there's uh, the main character is a comedian she's very funny and dry and she uh, uh, gets um, what happens like she has like a drunken one night stand with somebody that's right yeah yeah and uh, she gets pregnant yeah um, and then he turns up in her life and she sort of starts dating him yeah yeah and oh, but throughout the whole film the her the main other character was her friend yes her friend who she lives with she was supporting her uh the kind of friend who's just always there for her and they have this really lovely relationship where they mm. live together support each other they challenge each other yeah they're there for each other all the time and she was her main kind of source of support around getting an abortion throughout the film and then in the last like 10 minutes this dude shows up with a big shiny face and a bunch of flowers <laughs> and suddenly the, the, this, her friend who she lives with literally disappears literally disappears from the whole plot yeah and suddenly this this guy shows up and all he has to do is to show up and then suddenly and watch telly with her watch telly with yeah. her and, and just it. sit in the waiting room for yeah. her and he's immediately like yeah. placed on a pedestal above yeah. this other woman and it made me really cross that A the baseline for men uh, is so low that all you have to, literally all you have to do is show up with a big bunch of flowers, <laughs> which yeah. is annoying. Even given that I'm a man, that the, the baseline is it's so a poor low. Message. It, it yeah. does annoy me. It's a poor message. Come on, Ooh. expect better from us men. Yeah. But also um, this idea that we're all just waiting for the romantic relationship—that that's the oh, real yeah. one. That Absolutely. That's the, the big thing, and it's ah. It's really frustrating. Um, I watched The Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Mm. That was one rom-com series I watched. And it's very much like she changes her whole life to go and be with this guy that she had this one summer with that was so great when she was younger and she believes that he must be the one and all of this. And it's a fairly confusing set of um, kind of messages in that mm. one about, you know, about love. But definitely it's just the, the obsession of all of the characters with romantic love yeah. when they have got this great group of friends mm. um, is really good on bisexuality though surprisingly right, okay. yeah has um has a bisexual character who is not tragic not evil mm. doesn't die nothing bad seems to happen oh, has a, and has a song number like a oh. song and dance number about bisexuality so okay. watch that episode um, and yeah probably don't keep watching after no. that um, <laughs> not great on mental health either crazy right. ex-girlfriend bit of a 
crappy mental health stereotype okay. there. So we're not liking that. Lovesick would be my recommendation of okay. a TV rom-com, which is a British one, a Scottish one. Um, oh, yeah. And was excellent. was about somebody who finds out that he's got an STI and decides to contact everybody yeah. who he's been out with in person. A bit of a high-fidelity kind of one of, like, he's going to mm-hmm. contact all of his exes and maybe find out where he's going wrong with relationships. Yeah. Um, but again, you've got this group of people, you've got these fabulous friendships, and yet there's still this kind of emphasis on wanting to find romantic. I mean, that kind of annoyed me about Masters of Sex as well on Netflix. Like, yeah. Like, like, all those brilliant friendship characters. Yeah. Um, and then but really it's all about Aziz Ansari getting with that uh, oh you mean Master of None Master of None yes. what did I say Masters of Sex I'm obsessed yeah. with that show <laughs> that's also awesome Bring my show because back. we want to be Masters and Johnson we right? do we do the eminent sexologist <laughs> yeah so that's why we like Masters of Sex but Master of None which is also an awesome comedy show yeah but also has that it's same, the same message thing. You've, yeah because he's got fabulous friends amazing friends I still want to hang out with those guys definitely right yeah Yeah. so this is like so when I'm answering questions or when we're talking about Mm. love when we do workshops and stuff when we're talking about relationships yeah and what we're talking about when we, uh, we talk about stuff in our other work that we do as well the thing to do, as always, is let's think about what we've been taught. Let's yeah. think about the messages out there, the cultural messages. Well, and these this are... is why I watch all the rom-coms. It's not because they're really enjoyable and I can't stop myself from pressing that next episode yeah. button or just letting it happen. Because if you don't yeah. press next episode, it just naturally comes. Yeah. And then you're just watching the next episode like that. But it's not for that reason. It's because it's work. Yeah. And I need to know about the zeitgeist, right? The dominant yeah. discourse. I don't care about the zeitgeist <laughs> at all. But... But if you think, dear yeah. listener, about what it is you're taught about uh, relationships, like what kind of relationships are you taught are the most important? Yeah. Uh, what are you taught about those most important relationships and what do they have to include? Yes. And um, what does it mean for you? What? What? Why is it that you say, you know, what? What, what is it that you should get from a romantic relationship? Yeah. And actually what we're taught that we should get from a romantic relationship is everything we need. Yeah, so they should be your best friend. Yeah. They should be hot sex forever. Yeah. Um, they should be the person you co-parent with if you have kids. Mm-hmm. They should be the person you cohabit with. Yeah. And that should just be happy all of the time. Yeah. Um, they should be the person who supports you. Mm-hmm. But they should also be the person who inspires you. Yeah. Um, and kind of keeps you, keeps you going. Someone to talk to. Yeah, your confidant. Something to share your in, finances with. Yep, yep. Practically, your life should be entwined. Yep. Um, cheerleader, yeah. Yeah. All of these things. We're asking there's one person out there. Yeah, intellectual fulfilment, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. to fulfil that and so many other things. Yeah. And you're not complete unless you've found that person. Yeah. Right? That you're not really, that society says that you're like a. You're, you're sad or a failure if you don't meet that person your entire life yeah. is around meeting somebody and they must tick all of those boxes so like for instance at the this very moment on the private practice that I'm watching she's having this dilemma of like she's totally in love with this guy it's all great except she wants to have a kid mm. and he doesn't want to have a kid and that's the deal breaker yeah you know, and several times the drama on the show is around those kinds of deal breaker moments. Somebody won't move in, yeah. Uh, so, or somebody's not on the emotionally on the same page, or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that well, we both think that if you, that the answer to many of our questions or many of our 
problems many of the things we find difficult around relationships yeah. is to unpack all the messages that we've received around relationships yes and let's think more rather than thinking there's one kind of love romantic relationship which is the most important let's think about all different kinds of love yes and this is where it's worth taking it to some other rom-coms actually because to my mind there has been a shift in recent years in rom-coms which although they still can't quite get past this the happily ever after is finding the one mm. there's more and more friendship in them yeah there's more and more friendship love like in the obvious child where actually yeah. if you took the film as a whole yeah. friendship is the big message it's only that the ending kind of messes it up yeah. sex in the city was another great example one of the mm. first like that where the friendships were so central yeah. even though they were all really searching for the one yeah and i think girls which is the kind of sequ- mm. sequel to sex in the city has kind of taken that a step further yeah um to my mind yeah. it's like the friendships are really the central hub of what's going on yeah. and the rela- romantic relationships feel a bit more incidental to it even though at the same time they're kind of the thrust of the plot so it's it's this kind of double message we're getting yeah. and bromance movies are the same you know bromance movies often really focus around friendship around mm. the bromance but then there's this kind of idea in most of them that the guy needs to get rid of his friend or weaken that friendship to some extent in order to be able to get the girl yeah um but you know, in, at the so at the same time, they're kind of edging towards this. You know, maybe friendship is the really great thing. And it's the thing you remember about a lot of the movies is the kind of buddy relationship, yeah. or the great group of girls, you know, in bridesmaids or whatever. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's still got this romantic. Somehow, romantic lovers got to trumpet. I don't watch enough movies. I spend my my free time watching cycling. You watch cycling, don't you? Which doesn't help your work at all. No. No. I mean. <laughs> No, doesn't doesn't at all. Um, yeah. It's called workaholism, and I believe it's an addiction that I have. Let's <laughs> unpack that one. Yeah. So, in our zine, which you can see on our website, um, our relationship zine, what's it called? It's um, the relationship user guide. That's uh, right. Zine. Make create your own relationship user guide. That's yeah. what it's called. Available to download now for two pounds fifty. Megjolajustin.com <laughs> forward slash publications. Um, and it's a zine for helping people to work through their relationships. And it's a way, it's an idea that actually, rather than kind of thinking about what we've been taught about love, that you just have to kind of wait for the right person to come along, or that there's the one out there, and it's about chemistry, and you meet, you find that chemistry, and you kind of, uh, you, you kind of make it work somehow. Well, but, yeah, it's kind of automatic and natural mm. that, you know, just if you've got that with somebody, then naturally you're going to have great sexual chemistry and you're going to telepathically, you know, yeah. get them on a deep level and all of this stuff. So we say, like, if uh, let's imagine that we could be much more intentional and much more consensual about our relationships. Yeah. Uh, how might that look and what might, how might that be and how can we uh, think about what it is that we might want from relationships and how we might organise that. Yeah. You know, it sounds not very romantic, I guess, but actually, why can't we do it that way? Yeah. And uh, so we've got the zine, which has lots of really helpful, useful activities for you to um, think about, um, to think about love and what we're talking about love more critically, but also yeah. how that might help us in our day-to-day relationships. Exactly, to, to manage them in a more intentional way. And I guess intentional relationships might be, yeah, having a clearer idea of what you're looking for mm. um, and sort of being able to being able to be clear about that with mm. people. 
yeah. um, I was thinking that some of the I've been examining a lot of PhD thesis recently and a couple of them have been on asexuality mm. and uh, that that community has had to do a lot of this work actually mm. um, the asexual community yeah. because they've obviously got one of these elements of this ideal relationship mm-hmm. missing in that they don't have sexual attraction yeah. some people are up for having some sex if their partner's into it and other people don't want sex at all and so therefore they have to think more intentionally about relationships so are they going to only have relationships with other asexual people mm-hmm. or are they going to have them with sexual people but you know have certain boundaries or agreements around how sex is going to work or are they going to have polyamorous relationships so that the sexual person can have other sexual partners Mm. or are they going to only have platonic relationships for example and aromantic people um, are are ones who don't experience romantic love so they have a similar set of questions to be asking um, in terms of how are they going to have intimate relationships or close relationships that aren't necessarily sexual I mean, it's so powerful, isn't it, when we can actually start to question what do we mean by a relationship yeah. and what does a relationship have to include because then it just opens everything up, doesn't it? It does. In the same way that when we unpack what does sex mean, yeah. you know, that we did with our book, then it just opens everything up. Yeah. So then it really... Such a relief for people. Exactly. Like, yeah. And also it's, it's a more inclusive approach if we can stop telling people what it is their relationship should and shouldn't involve well exactly because so often in a relationship the person who's whose needs or desires are closer to this kind of rom-com norm mm. are the ones who get privileged so yeah. a lot of asexual people are struggling because they're in relationships with someone who assumes well you know you've got to have sex because that's the norm yeah and they're kind of pressuring them that way and the same with an aromantic person mm. you know and this plays out in big bang theory another show i've been watching a lot <laughs> and the character of sheldon who's you know much less sexual than his partner and it's like you know how how does that work in terms of the navigation of it yeah but the assumption is that you know he gets teased for not being sexual she doesn't get teased for being sexual yeah kind of thing um, and the similar it, around cohabiting, for example, yeah. the person who didn't want to cohabit would be seen as the strange one who maybe should compromise for the one who wants to cohabit rather yeah. than the other way around. Well, there it, again, it's like there's the it, we're dealing with the scripts, aren't we? Like, yeah. There's the the cultural scripts around what it what it is we should do involving things like the relationship escalator, which you may well be aware of. That mm. you know, relationships have to escalate in intensity, and romantic relationships have to you know, it's like dating and then you can't date you have sex you you go out you move in you <laughs> have kids you get married yeah such a like you know it's like yeah that, that you have to follow a particular escalating yeah, yeah kind and of that de-escalation is always bad yeah you the, can't go down the up escalator no or just level off like one of those things in the air, airport no yeah so check out Azim yeah. because that's you know we, we've got a lot of helpful activities in there but one of them that we just wanted to talk about briefly is uh, our page early on in the the zine about different kinds of love yeah um, which I talk about at, uh, at Bish uh, a lot and I think I got this idea from the Southbank Centre did the Festival of oh, Love. Oh, the, the Love first Festival, festival yeah. yeah, which they haven't invited us to speak at recently. So, Don't. hello, Southbank Centre. Hello, Southbank Centre. <laughs> We'd love to come and speak at your Love Festival. You've never invited me. Yeah, and uh, I did it once um, and then never again. So I came I and played Twister there once with MJ. Oh, we did play uh, Twister. That yeah. was great. Well, we would come and speak and play Twister if you wanted us. Didn't so. you? I think you accused me of cheating. I think you did cheat. That's why I accused you of it. <laughs> Is it an accusation when it's just true? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I won't say anything further unless my lawyer's present. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
So we've got this page about seven different kinds of love, which is an idea from the ancient Greeks, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so there's Philasia, Storge, Eros, Ludus, Pragma, Philia, Agape. Um, Philasia is like uh, self-love, our, how we what love we might give for ourselves being kind to yourself yeah being kind to ourselves it's a bit like a self-care could involve wanking but not necessarily um like storage is like family kind of love isn't it that feeling of a sense of yeah familial close or really close bonded yeah Yeah. eros uh sexual or romantic uh relationships uh-huh. Uh, ludus, which is kind of like a playful and fun and yeah, silly. Yeah, I think of... that's why they had the twister, actually. Yes, uh, I yeah. think Ludus was, tw- uh, yeah, twister. Uh, that went to a difficult place for us. Let's uh, <laughs> find uh, Pragma, which is that um, the kind of solid being there for somebody, pragmatic mm, kind, kind of, of day to day, enduring love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Joe's written a book about this. The Secrets of Enduring Love. Go buy it now. <laughs> Published by Penguin, right? That's It's a Penguin book. Co authored yeah. with Jackie Gab. That's right. Uh, uh, philia, which is kind of like teamwork, but also friendship and like comradeship, I guess. Yeah, I nice. Yeah. Um, and agape, which is like uh, more spiritual, isn't spiritual, it? Yeah. That you can feel um, sadness for what's happening in Syria, for example. And, yeah. Or you know, or fellow what, feeling for other fans of the same yeah. team or something. Yeah. 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 That I can have, I can feel very uh, excited that uh, Philippe Gilbert won Amstel Gold on Sunday uh-huh. in that sprint finish. Right. And other fans of Philippe Gilbert might feel, you're looking at me blankly, I gone am. out as the same Derby. Have I gone out? Sort of, sort of like how I could feel a connection with other people who are watching private practice. Yeah, yeah. I, similarly, yeah. I've not. <laughs> so, um, and by placing eros, this one particular kind of love, above all the others, it means that often we're missing out on the opportunity to experience all the other things. Right? Yeah. So there's like seven altogether. Yeah. But we're, set, you know, the the well, the rom coms and the cultural script is mm. is eros is everything, yeah. and all those others kind of. A bit lesser, except sometimes storage. I think mm. um, I was listening to a guy talking about love who was a philosopher, and he said there's an argument that um, romantic love became the new religion mm. fairly recently, in, yeah. you know, sort of since about 1950, mm. but that we're maybe going through a period where it's shifting to be ch- the love of a parent and child yeah. has become the, the new religion. Yeah. Um, so that's worth thinking critically about another time, I think. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. So. Um, there are lots of different kinds of love and we're, we just ask you in the zine to kind of uh, to note what's going on for you to note the different kinds of relationships mm. and to do so like uncritically and just to see where things are and and uh, where they fit in for you and uh, which you feel like you get a lot of or which you feel you get less of yeah or like you could put on that page as well like the, the particular people you would cluster under yeah. each so that would be interesting to see which ones you've got quite a lot of people or yeah. only one person and again we obviously we have quite a common notion that Eros should only be one person mm. at a time and yet again lots of rom-coms rest on the idea that people can have Eros for more than one person but that becomes a struggle because you're supposed to only have it once at a, one at a time definitely mm. and then once we start thinking about this it's much easier to deal with questions around um, uh, is it love or is it lust um, mm. 
how do I get over this breakup? Uh, what's the difference between in loving love somebody and, loving. and being in love? Yeah. And like, if we take away the, a lot of those are to do with the script of what it is we should be doing, yeah. rather than really kind of focusing on well, it can be really difficult. For example, going through a breakup. Um, but if we've put all of our energy into this one particular kind of relationship, then obviously that breakup's going to feel mm. quite big. Yeah. Uh, but if we note that we have lots of different kinds of relationships, including, dear listener, the relationship with ourselves, yes, um, then a breakup might be a little bit easier to deal with. It's That's right. So I guess we're saying as well that actually we're often looking for all of these kind of love, all of these different Greek words in one person Mm. except for self-love which we kind of just delete and often don't spend any time on at all on on self-care and actually it's suggesting if we were to get those different things met in different places then we wouldn't put so much pressure on one person equally we wouldn't wig out if that relationship wasn't giving us one of those things because we'd know we could get it from other places Mm. and when we had a breakup the loss would not necessarily be as huge Mm. you know still still certainly a loss whenever things break up but um, yeah I guess here we're talking about um, the concept of relationship panic, I suppose, aren't we? It the, is very similar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the idea that uh, if we could be less hierarchical about different kinds of relationships and yeah, um, and seeing different kinds of relationships as being uh, equally valuable to us. Yeah, and there's even like you know people like Esther Perel argue that it's so hard to get the. I guess it would be to get eros and something more like storage mm. um in the set or philia in the same place because you know she argues that you can't have warmth and heat in the same place yeah. it's very hard to have the passionate love in the same place as well, the companion like, love i mean that's like pragma and ludus isn't it that oh uh, yeah yeah pragma. yeah um so it's a big topic, love, isn't it? So uh, <laughs> I thought you were calling me love, then. It's a big topic, Pat. Love. <laughs> it's a big oh, yeah. topic, Petal. Just don't do your head in thinking about it too much. <laughs> if we break it down into all the different kinds of love and the different kinds of relationships that we may uh, want to have, then yeah. it makes the whole thing a bit easier to manage. Definitely. And maybe a bit kind of, yeah, just bite-sized chunks go yeah. down easier. And you might find, yeah, you have a clear idea of like, yes, for a romantic partner, I do want this, this and this. But you might find that some bits are easier to, are possible to compromise on. You Mm. know, you might get your need for playfulness in other places or being part of a team in other places. So it stops us putting that much pressure on a partner to be everything for us yeah. which is something that came out of that the book The Secrets of Enduring Love that I did with Jackie Galb was based on her project mm. um, uh, on couple, long term couples which found that couples who had a good degree of separateness as well as togetherness mm. in the relationship and who had other things in their lives mm. were the ones who were happier kind yeah, of over time it, wasn't that the it was the third the third leg of a stool yeah yeah so she said it's like yeah you got if you've got a couple it wasn't all couples some some people were in polyamorous relationships but if you have got two people then you need a kind of third leg yeah. a bit like a stool to fall over with only two legs and it needs that third one or maybe even a fourth one to yeah. keep it stable or a fifth yeah yeah exactly and or that seven. might be that might be religion for some people mm-hmm. or kids or um, other friends or leisure pursuits all kinds of different things took that place of the third leg but there was something was needed yeah mm-hmm 
So we hope that gives you some uh, food for thought there about love. Um, yeah. So please send us your questions uh, to uh, via megjohnandjustin.com. I think it's forward slash your questions. Yes. Uh, details about how to send us a question. Uh-huh. Uh, you can tweet us at megjohnandjustin. Uh, you can subscribe to our podcasts at soundcloud.com forward slash megjohnandjustin. Facebook, we are Meg John Justin. Enjoy sex. Our book is out now in all good bookshops. <laughs> Seven ninety nine. Although it's still cheap at the price. Cheaper. It's still cheap at W H Smith. It's still thirty percent it? off. Is it? Yeah, it's like five pounds fifty or something. Fantastic. W. We'll go to W H Smith now and get that. Isn't that magnificent <laughs> value? Yeah, it's got a great front cover as well. Yeah, really like that front cover. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm sick of the sight of it, but yeah. <laughs> It's nice. Um, so till next time. We'll Bye. see you. See you then. Bye. <laughs>